Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. My name is Gregory T. I'm a sexaholic. Uh, the, um, the program works. And it's really amazing. Um, what I'd like to speak about today is um, how miraculous uh, uh, SA is, and what a um, and that there's hope for absolutely everyone in the program. Now, um, when I was a kid, uh, I was emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by members of the family. And um, so I had all of the classic setups and dispositions for the, um, for the addiction. Um, I say that just for, to share that for people who might be similar in that regard, not for out of self-pity. Um, also, I, I, I discovered um, masturbation pornography very early on. Uh, and they were, I discovered them together because um, there was a really hardcore porn stash in my older brother's uh, closet, and I would uh, ritualize uh, masturbating to that. Uh, then um, the next, uh, and so sometimes I would, I masturbate compulsively without them, without the, the pornography, but the pornography was there in the background. Um, uh, masturbation was pretty chronic most of my life. Uh, pornography was not always chronic, um, but it was never gone for too long. Uh, a year, I think, was the longest time I went without. Then uh, um, the next ex- escalation was um, uh, not being uh, in a position where I was getting a lot of support and I was under a lot of stress doing graduate work, and uh, so I uh, discovered uh, acting out in, in video arcades. That uh, was um, across the continent from where, where I was eventually going to live. So I, sa- I said, well, when I get back to San Francisco, I won't, have to, I won't be acting out with other men anymore, which, of course, is pretty laughable, and pretty, it just shows the insanity of what, what I was thinking. When I got back to, to San Francisco... I um, eventually got caught at a park, and when I got caught in the park, I, um, I ran away, which is resisting arrest. And so I, um, I was thrown into the, I was tackled, I was thrown into the back of the, the, the police car, with, um, and handcuffs were put on me, and then um, I was just dying inside because I, uh, not just the pain, but really the pain was, was almost a physical pain uh, because I, I knew that they were about to find out that I was both a, a 
priest and a seminary professor. And so then when I, um, when the police came to the car to get my information, um, uh, they obviously discovered uh, where I lived and what I did. And, um, and one played good cop and one played bad cop. The good cop was the first person who ever mentioned to me that there was such a thing as sex addiction. I didn't, I didn't know there was such a thing until that moment. And uh, he, he told me for the first time that there was such a thing. Uh, the other fellow was a good friend of the uh, chancellor of, of the archbishop, and so my religious superior was in, informed I- immediately. Uh, I, that was very painful. On the other hand, I have to say that I um, it was the best gift that God has ever given me. Uh, I needed to get into recovery, and I needed the psychological help that I got from those six months in, in for residential treatment, and it was really the best thing that I that I could have best outcome that could have happened. So um, so uh, so that was very good. Then um, I went through the six months. At the end of that, they said that I was um, if I continued with a program, um, I had a very good chance of succeeding. And so um, I went back to California and started teaching again. The um, that lasted um, for five and a half years. No, four and a half years. And then I, I slept and I'm in very good spiritual or psychological. And I didn't have a cell phone, so I, did, I didn't call anybody. And I, immediately after that, I bought a cell phone, <laughs> realizing that, that was a very bad move. And um, so I... I noticed that there were video arcades along the highway and eventually went into one and engaged in one sex act. Uh, that was just over 12 years ago. And um, so I can say that the program does work one day at a time. Uh, I want to encourage people to have hope for recovery if they're, if they're struggling. Um, and so that's, that's the principal message that I'd like to give today is, is hope. Uh, that God does work miracles. Before I, before I um, entered program, uh, I'd go to confession for for acting out, and, and I would feel horrible, and and I would I would just pray and pray and pray and say, God, uh, remove this from me. But the problem is, is that in asking God to remove it from me, I didn't realize. Um, you're going to take this away from me instantaneously and without my uh, my lifting a finger. <laughs> and that's not what the miracle was. The miracle was discovering that um, that God would remove the addiction if I'd stop focusing on the addiction and stop fighting it and rather turn my life entirely over to God. Um, what was crazy, of course, was that... Um, God did what I prayed for, but he didn't do it in the way I thought he would. He did it by getting me into program. And the thing is that in program, I have um, accountability, I have friend, I get support, and I, I have service to others. And those are all things that are necessary for me to get sober. In the program also, um, I early on, I, 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 I said, okay, I have to put my sobriety first. But after a while, I realized that the third step is not about putting sobriety first, but rather the third step is putting God first in absolutely everything. 
And um, that was the only way for me that sobriety was going to work was if I put God first in absolutely everything. Instead of uh, uh, being able to negotiate or to say, okay, this is mine, it was every day saying, I have to abandon myself to, to God's will. Uh, and uh, the fancy term for that in my tradition is abandonment to divine providence. Um, just saying that each day I'm in the hands of God's providence and, uh, and, uh, and go from there. So God has worked miracles for me every day since then. Every day is a miracle. And I can say that, that it is precisely because uh, I've been able to see that God does work miracles, but to do that, I have to welcome the miracle, and the miracle is for my entire life and not just for the addiction. The first step is all about uh, the addiction. All the other steps are about getting a life, making the real connection, as the reading said. Um, because I was not connecting with God and I was not connecting with other people in, uh, because I had put up obstacles all along the way. And so tearing down those obstacles, I'm going to recover from this uh, disease is for me to put God first each and every day. And also to recognize that, uh, um, my experience could help other people. Uh, which sounds so bizarre to say that the evils, evil that I did can actually be of service to other people. And that has given me a great deal of consolation and strength uh, to be able to say I can help other people with my horrible story. I, I don't want to put the emphasis on the problem. I want to put the em emphasis on the solution. So the solution is primarily um, God and group. <laughs> Uh, that uh, God's going to work through the group, uh, and that if I don't, um, if I don't uh, put put my relationship with God first, ev absolutely every day, I can get it into a real mess in my life. Obviously, the things that that people need in in program are to focus on the steps and to work the steps with a, with a sponsor, and sponsorship. Um, really is absolutely necessary because I could be crazy and I need to have the resource of another per person with experience to talk about it. I remember, I remember once, once, once uh, somebody said, how do I have sex with my wife in a, in a sober way? And I said, I turned to her and I said, uh, this is an experience-based po based program. I haven't a clue. But for the simple reason that I'm a celibate and uh, has, um, and there are joys and there are um, difficulties along with that, but celibacy is a great option. Um, it's not impossible. Uh, sex is optional, as the program says. It's working through that experience. Also, part of, part of it is also uh, the relations we have in meetings. When I first went to Israel, the, uh, uh, the particular meeting I went to um, had very strong personalities in it. And the personalities would often get in the way of the meeting. Uh, but over time, um, God worked through the meeting. And uh, that stopped being the case. The, the strong personalities um, uh, were still there, uh, but there had been learning how to work as a group um, for recovery. And it didn't become... Um, it didn't become, uh, if I don't get my way, uh, the program is not working.
being in recovery has not meant for me that, that crazy thinking or crazy feeling doesn't go away. I still have crazy thinking and crazy, crazy feelings. But the problem is, is that now I can look at them and say, oh, that's my addict talking. Instead of saying, instead of saying, I have to do everything that I feel, I have to immediately respond to what I think. Instead, I can stand back and say, that's my addict talking. And if I, if I act on this feeling or this thought, I'm going to destroy my life. And do I want to choose God or do I want to choose life? Uh, choose God and life or do I want to choose the addiction and death? And that's a very simple, uh, simple uh, alternative. When I was acting in the midst of my acting out, I was basically uh, being extremely self-destructive destructive, um, in every possible way, including my, my health. Um, I could have easily gotten a disease and died. And um, thank God I didn't. But, but that's because of God doing that wasn't because of my doing. I was out to destroy myself. And um, the hope of the program was, was what gave me, um, gave me the strength to, um, to have the hope, the hope of recovery. And the hope uh, was the thing that saved me from killing myself in a very practical way. Not that I was intending to kill myself, but everything I was doing was aiming in that way. I've also, before I got into SA, I was in SAA, and during that period, I did experience someone in fellowship who killed himself and his wife's boyfriend. Um, that's just, just a hideous thing to have to go through. And the problem was that he, he would always tell people um, that he was getting help. He was, getting, he was talking to someone, a professional, about his suicidal tendencies, but he wasn't. And... So the program doesn't work if you're not being honest. And so we have to be honest in absolutely every way. Early in recovery, I was, um, I told too many people that I was in program. Um, on the other hand, um, uh, thank God that hasn't um, come back and bitten me. But uh, now I'm far more circumspect about saying that I'm in program. On the other hand, there are situations where it's helpful for people to know and so uh, I will tell people that, that I'm in the program if, it, if I think that it's God's will that other person have that kind of um, vulnerability and honesty. Uh, but there are plenty of situations where uh, it's really inappropriate to be, uh, to be that, uh, to put myself open to being hurt. And, and so that's not, uh, that's not a good idea. And it's not going to help the other person either in that situation. The miracle that God has worked is an everyday miracle. It's one of everyday um, being sober. And its gift character is pretty obvious. Um, because when I wasn't, didn't have my hands open for the gift, I didn't receive it. You know, surrender is, is we put our hands up in the air, showing that we don't have anything in them when we surrender. Uh, before, I couldn't get into recovery because my hands were full of weapons that I was using against myself. And I had to, get, I had to drop the weapons before I could actually learn how to surrender. The dropping the weapons uh, is actually a lot easier than it sounds because the weapons were, even though they were deep-seated habits and an addiction, it isn't the case where they were um, 
doing me any good other than um, medicating me so that I would have the equivalent of alcoholic blackouts from my pain. And there are a lot better ways to deal with pain than, than to act out. And so, um, so that, that, was very, very nece- that was very necessary for me to see that, that I could drop the weapons and, uh, and my feelings. Miracles do happen. Everyone in the program has hope. Um, what we need from the program is to recognize that each and every day there is the possibility of a spiritual re- revolution that takes all of our days. We don't have to focus on the addiction, we don't have to be slaves of it. Uh, we can we can lay down our uh, lay down our, our weapons that are self destructive and live life on God's terms. Thank you.